You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Monday, 27 February. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with our caregivers, we're going to be touching on the City Lodge results. They paid a dividend, first time since 2019. Occupancy is back at 57%. But the numbers may be a little light. The market certainly seemed to think so. Uh, Sean Sanders from Revex, Bitcoin Trends and Targets. As Kathy Wood from ARK says, uh, Bitcoin, 1.48 million by 20. I also want to ask him how the grey listing is going to impact his business. And Keith McLaughlin from Integral Asset Management spur results that, frankly, the company is looking in better shape than it was pre-pandemic. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. The implications for SA now that it's on the FAFTA grey list. The country's economic growth and global competitiveness will be affected, but moves are being made to satisfy the global anti-money laundering watchdog. Business Day, Lipstar joins growing chorus on cost pressures as profit takes a hit. The food producer says rising input prices and power cuts keeps a lid on yield growth despite rising revenue. Morning markets, we've got the US red on Friday, S&P down 1.1 and Nasdaq off 1.7%. Asia's red, Sydney down 1.1 and Tokyo off 0.2%. Commodities mostly red, gold 1,818. Brent is the green at 83.05. Platinum 907. Palladium thousand four hundred and six dollars an ounce rand 1843 bitcoin twenty three thousand six hundred ten cent is off half a percent in the hong kong lunch break and top 40 is looking for a green open about 150 points or 0.2 percent money web now on the money also available on podcast Telling now with our Carl Hervers, he's an independent analyst. Carl, appreciate the early morning. The, the City Lodge numbers, I mean, this is a, a company that is, I mean, they did a, a, a humongous dilution back during the pandemic. Uh, frankly, I wasn't convinced they would survive. They've come back and they're, they're looking decent, paying a dividend. Occupancy is looking good. Your, your take on, on, on the results, which came out, what, late Friday afternoon? Yeah, uh, good morning, Simon. Um, yeah, I think if one looks at uh, City Lodge, certainly been through a tough period, as you mentioned, you know, to recapitalize, just to survive. Um, I mean, fortunately, they don't have any debt at the moment, um, and that's probably why they could pay a dividend. But I think if one looks at the direction, you know, the recovery is there. So we've seen occupancy rates um, for the six months to December up on average to 57%. Um, compared to the previous period of 30%. So the people are coming back and, and you know, using hotels. Um, City Lodge, obviously, quite dependent on the business travel, in, mm. especially in Gauteng. Um, but I think the one area where, where there's probably still a bit of a um, question marks on room rates that are currently only 1% up on the 2019 pre-pandemic level. So maybe a bit of uh, pressure there still on, on pricing. Um, but direction's right. But if you look at where they are now, if you look at the headline earnings per share, excluding that that uh, insurance claim, we're looking at 14 cents per share. If you look at the share price, four and uh, 35, 
you know, it's still got some way to to justify that uh, that share price. Yeah, that was certainly my sense. And I mean, I, I, I've been holding it for a while now. Uh, stock's looking, it's doing nicely, but it, it didn't look cheap. If we look across, I mean, some of the others perhaps, and I'm thinking particularly in hospitality, I mean, Sun International, uh, Soho, some of them perhaps looking and there's still results to see, but perhaps uh, slightly better valuations in, in, in terms of earnings? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, if one looks at, I mean, Southern Sun, for example, um, also, their, their target market is a bit more tourism, and I think that sector is probably recovering better. The business travel is one that, that probably might lag a bit. Um, so I think that might be a better bet than, than City Lodge. Um, again, they, they all you know get the same um, headwinds or tailwinds, but I think maybe a, a Sun Sun or Sun International might be a better bet than, than City Lodge. I take your point because you mentioned with City Lodge it is a lot of business travel and of course the the the, the new normal is now very much all around uh, 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 Zoom and, and, and that's perhaps a, a structural change that's happened and, and whilst some of it will go back to face-to-face, Zoom is going to take some of the, 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 the occupancies out of City Lodge going forward. I mean, just probably forever and a day. Yeah, and on top of that, you've got pretty expensive domestic uh, travel, you know, if, if guys uh, are flying point. between Cape Town and Joburg. <laughs> I think that might add to the problem. Yeah, no, I take your point on that. I, I, I've seen some some eye-watering prices there on the 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 the, the, the flights down to the well, in fact, down to anywhere. I mean, it, it, even Durban, it, it suddenly got hugely yeah. expensive. We'll leave it there. That's Carl Levers. Uh, we're chatting there around the City Lodge results and as they declare their first dividend since 2019. Occupancies, as Carl said, 57%. Are you holding City Lodge for more upside? The market did not like those results. Sold it down quite heavily. Uh, have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with uh, Sean Saunders from Revix. Sean, appreciate the early morning. Want to talk Kathy Wood and her 1.48 million Bitcoin target. Before we do, grey listing on, on Friday. You, you're running essentially a financial services business. What is the, the direct impact as you wake up on, on Monday morning to, to your, your operations and, and, and your, I suppose, relationships with, with clients? Morning, Simon. Thanks very much for having me on again. So I'll start with the grey listing side of things. And <laughs> yeah, it's not good news for South Africa. I don't think there'll be any meaningful change mm-hmm. over the short term. But when we start to expand more aggressively internationally, and we are busy looking at Kenya, Zambia, Nigeria, I mean, of course, all the banks in those regions are going to be looking at us saying, listen, South Africa is now a grey listed country. Let's do a little bit more due diligence. Uh, international customers of ours, we're not just a South African operation, of course. Uh, you know, customers coming from mm-hmm. Europe, they're going to look at us a little bit more skeptically. So, yeah, I think overall, it's just not a good move for the country, of course. I mean, that's the obvious thing to say. Um, and we need to work aggressively to, to remove ourselves from this list. And and for you, it's almost, I mean, it's not that you can't go to any of these markets. It's just that there's more paperwork, there's more FICA, there's more proving who you are and your bona fides. Yeah, exactly that. And I mean, when you coupled yourself with crypto uh, financial <laughs> services 
And I mean, gosh, you go to a bank and the bank's going to say, really? And you, you're coming from a gray listed country. So you can have whatever uh, regulatory backing you want. Uh, but when you're gray listed, it just makes it a whole lot harder. And I think that's what a lot of South Africans are going to start to experience. Yeah, it's, it's going to be that, and 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 the vastly increased paperwork and and all those. But let, let's touch on 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 Kathy Wood. Um, I actually had missed this, but you, and she, of course, founder of Arc Investment Management, her Arc Innovation ETF, perhaps the best known there. She's also well known for putting out what what are, are sometimes some crazy predictions. But with credit to her, I mean, she she gets them right often. And I remember one of her early uh, Tesla predictions seemed crazy until the share price got there. She's looking for one point four eight million dollars per bitcoin by 2030 i thought that story was all about halving but actually she's just uh, saying that's maybe a part of it this is just as there's a larger adoption into from uh, bitcoin by by people and, and institutions around the world yeah so her 1.48 million dollar prediction by 2030 that's the bullish case mm-hmm. uh, the base case from uh, arc invest is 258 thousand dollars so far lower than the 1.48 million um, and then the bear case is 682,000 but I mean <laughs> even the bear case is still a significant return I mean the, the bull case would return 4,200 percent from where we stand right now where we roughly around 22 23,000 odd dollars a bitcoin so these are bold bold predictions but I mean I'm a bitcoin bull Sure. Uh, not necessarily over the short term. I mean, I don't think anyone can guess what's going to happen over the short term. But over the long term, you are seeing institutional adoption. And I mean, just looking at the banking space, uh, I don't think everyone knows this. But three years ago, and I mean, just three years ago, you would be fired from Standard Bank. Or, you know, you'd definitely get a stern talking to at the very least if you were talking about Bitcoin within the bank. Uh, if you had a look at sort of Investec, F&B, go through mm. the list of the top banks in South Africa, Bitcoin was just a no-no. You just don't talk about it. Fast forward to today, not only do these banks have blockchain teams, but they've got cryptocurrency teams. I mean, we're actively engaging with a lot of these banks and they're interested in the space. So the sort of change in sentiment is starting to happen. And the same thing is happening in the institutional space. Now, 2022 was probably the year that led to a lot of institutions taking a step back. Uh, You had the FTX debacle that occurred. I mean, the crypto brand really got knocked. And it's going to take quite a few years to rebuild trust with the public. But, I mean, gone are the days where you've got all the crypto companies saying, you know, screw the banks. We are going to, you know, build this new financial future. It really seems to be a lot more of a symbiotic relationship that's emerging. So that really helps to drive the digital uh, institutional adoption of this asset class. And that's going to be one of the big drivers going forward. The second thing is actually the technology utility behind blockchain and crypto because if you look at it up until now the utility in the space has really been speculation it's been treated like a big casino but all of a sudden you're starting to see real world assets put on blockchains and that interacts with the world of crypto that's really interesting you're seeing the fractionalization of shares going onto blockchains and where you could buy like a tesla share or nvidia share directly on a blockchain without the need of sort of any central intermediary that's really remarkable. And I mean, there's a host of other services that are happening. So that's the technology utility side of things. And then, of course, in order for these price targets to be met, you need the macro uh, eco- economy to actually start playing ball. And at some point, and probably within the next 12 months, you're going to hit peak interest rates in the US and, mm-hmm. and EU more broadly. And when that interest rate narrative changes, where we actually saying, hey, listen, this economy is slowing down, uh, the labor market's breaking a bit, all of a sudden interest rates start coming down and that's really good for the crypto space. And then you topple that all off with the Bitcoin rally that 
uh, has always preceded the the halving events. And I mean, of course, the future can always be different, but there's the Bitcoin halving that's occurring uh, in March next year. And that is the biggest event that can happen in the, the, the sort of crypto slash Bitcoin space, because all of a sudden you're seeing the reward for mining Bitcoin get halved, which means that the inflation rate for Bitcoin gets halved. So all else equal, if demand equals supply, and obviously that's how the price of crypto assets mm-hmm. is determined, well, you've got a lot less supply in the market and you know, all else equal, the, the same amount of demand, which should drive Bitcoin a bit higher. Yeah, and I'm looking at the market cap, 450 billion. There's about, which is a big number, but compare that to just, I mean, a Microsoft, an Apple, a, uh, you know, a, a Tesla. Uh, in, in that sense, uh, Bitcoin is, is still very much in its infancy. We'll leave it there. Sean Sanders, Revex, always appreciate the early morning insight. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlip Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Starting now with uh, Keith McLachlan, Integral Asset Management. Keith, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, a column you put out uh, this time last week talking around the reopening trade. What struck me with it, it wasn't the traditional the city lodges and the like. Yes, there was some uh, uh, hospitality and leisure in there. But uh, one of them on your list was Spur. We hadn't yet seen results. Those, of course, came out early Friday morning. And I've got to say, a good set of numbers, I thought, from, from Spur. And a company that's probably in a better space than it was pre-pandemic. Good morning, Simon. I mean, uh, yeah, the short answer is absolutely. Um, so, and I think something just standing back and looking at a lot of these reopening trades, remember a large number of them had to recapitalize. Mm. So if you go have a look at Sun International, there was an equity raise. Have a look at City Lodge, there was an equity raise. The really interesting ones are the ones that didn't have those. So they haven't reset their capital bases and we can compare like versus like. Spurs are a very good example. They've got a net cash balance. Their profitability is arguably ahead of where they were pre-COVID, uh, but they're yet to still recover some sales. So there's still value on the table there. Um, you know, the valuation is pre-COVID, but they're in a more dominant position. And in fact, like we've seen some really nice innovation around the, the refresh of their big brands, but in fact, using virtual kitchens to leverage the trading density of each of these restaurants, you know, um, like for example, their, uh, I think it was their Pizza Pugs virtual kitchen did 10 million rands worth of sales. It doesn't exist. It's trading through their existing stall footprint. Yep, so they, they, they suddenly bring on uh, a, a completely new brand. If, if we contrast them to famous brands, and famous brands obviously very out of sync in terms of when they get their, their, their results and the like. I, I, for years and years and years, forever in a day, was, was absolutely famous brands is the, the better of the two. Uh, we could now make quite a compelling argument to say, well, you know, at, at worst they're evens, perhaps even uh, spurs a little bit ahead. Famous brands has got their, their misadventure into the UK behind them, um, but, but it has been a, 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 a turnaround in terms of, of Spurs sort of gathering momentum? So there's fundamental differences really between the two and if you look at store footprint and things like that, Famous Brands remains the larger of the two. Mm. But Famous Brands is far more integrated into manufacturing and logistics. 
and in an environment with constant load shedding with high fuel prices, things like that, yeah. that does get to drag on operations because they need to decide between absorbing those costs and pushing it onto their franchisees. And if they push it onto too many franchisees and it's too aggressive, well, what they start to have is a greater base of loss-making franchisees that threatens their own distribution. So famous brands is in a tougher spot despite being larger. Spur is a, is a more pure franchisor. And you look at look at the ratio of franchisee mm-hmm. stores. They look at the amount of income they generate out of out of royalties. You know there are some you know, there absolutely is some integration, particularly on the source side in Spur. But in fact, it's it's a far purer purer play. And in this sort of environment, that's absolutely what you want. Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, and then quick uh, momentum, uh, Metropolitan, the stock we've chatted about before, again, uh, trading update uh, came out Thursday. And, and, and in a sense, it's, it is another reopening trade, although folks might scratch their head at it. It's sort of as they re- return to a normal environment and a strong trading update, looking at a normalized HEPs up between 40 and 55%. Definitely. Uh, momentum's one we've liked for quite a while. It's the, it's the cheapest, ignoring clientele that's really small and illiquid. Mm-hmm. Of the major arc insurers, Momentum is head and shoulders the cheapest against the embedded value. The embedded value is quite uh, conservatively constructed as opposed to, for example, like Discovery's embedded value. And then if you have a look, like they're hardly diluted by all the, all the negatives that are currently happening in the short term. Uh, insurance space, fire, looting, flooding, uh, load shedding, and all that uh, impacting the short-term guys. And in the long term, they're they're doing very well. Um, and especially at such a large discount to better value, they've been buying back shares that are massively accretive. So this trading update, um, and remember, coming out of a pandemic, all the life insurance uh, players are seeing the benefits of mortality shifting towards normal. Mm-hmm. They've they've even the value of their products as well. I mean, things like life insurance and medical aid, we, we've seen far less lapses over this period than one would expect, but then it makes sense because in a pandemic, you, you realize the value of having these safety nets around you. Um, so Momentum, uh, Momentum Metropolitan is still exceptionally bullish. It's confirmed by that trading update. This is the cheapest, and in our opinion, as of right now, the best of the life insurers to be holding. We'll leave that there. Keith McLaughlin, Integral Asset Management. Keith, appreciate the early morning insights. That's it for today. On Friday, we were chatting with uh, Karen Wood from PwC on our potential for grey listing. Of course, that potential did ultimately happen Friday afternoon. We got grey listed. We asked you if you thought government had done enough. And Karen made the point that government had done a, a, a lot. There were 67 things on the list we needed to do two odd years ago, and we whittled it down to eight but that eight weren't enough. Just over half of you said, nope, we were going to get grey listed and you were spot on the money. A third said, you know what, either way, we have issues, while the rest were saying, no, we should be able to avoid the grey listing, which ultimately we were unable to do. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Standlip. Visit Stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Musakhle, Eddie, Nicole, uh, Nabuchle, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow, chatting with Spear Reit on going off-grid. 
You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.